Hello and welcome to Reflections, a podcast miniseries featuring conversations with each of the artists in the exhibition, reflecting on Ruth Asawa and the Garden of Remembrance, on view at the San Francisco State University Fine Arts Gallery from February 24th to April 6th, 2024. My name is Weston Teruya, I'm an artist and writer, and I'll be your host over the next few weeks as we highlight the work of each of the exhibiting artists, Mark Baosasaki, Tina Kashiwagi, Paul Kitagaki Jr., Lisa Solomon, and Titi Takemoto. Each episode will feature a short conversation with one of the exhibiting artists, giving us a peek into the creative process and research behind their projects in their own words. This episode, we're talking with Mark Baosasaki. Let's jump in to hear Mark's reflections on his work. Hi, my name is Mark Basasaki. I am a San Francisco-based artist, born and raised in the city. My work revolves around the landscape, our role within it, and thinking about how it is a container for human experience and how we shape it and how it shapes us. Can you talk a little bit about the project that you're exhibiting? The project I'm going to be exhibiting is going to be a multi-channel video installation where I will be projecting videos that were taken from the Rockland Loomis area outside of Sacramento, where my family came after they left Japan to become farmers and to start our lives. You've taken a very particular approach to how you've constructed the installation. Can you talk about some of your research and how you've translated that into the material manifestation of the work? Yeah, so a lot of my process involves going to the site, going to the landscape, exploring, wandering, gathering materials, photographing, shooting video. And I kind of take all of this ephemera that I could gather and then bring it back to my studio and kind of start to pick through it and figure out what I'm really interested in. And part of this project, in addition to kind of gathering those things from the site and being in the space, I was also going through family archives and picking through and looking at the different ephemera from the archive that I have that my dad saved to figure out what I was interested in. As I was working with this, I was really interested in the idea of my family's connection to the land and being farmers and you know clearing the land to make it something that they were able to make their living off of. So I was really interested in the idea that our family formed with that space through labor and through just existing building community there. And then, of course, you know, World War II happened and, you know, with all the incarceration of Japanese Americans during World War II. But I'm trying to focus primarily on what happened before that and the, the building of community the, and the, the relationship to that space. One of the things that I was really drawn to was Hoshigaki, the making of Hoshigaki, which is a, a dried persimmon. It's a month-long process. You sit there and you massage the fruit once a day. Every fruit gets a little massage. I was really interested in that the relationship to time, the relationship to the tactile nature of working the fruit with your hands, the idea of tradition and what's passed down. There's also many stages where things can go wrong. I had a few things that went wrong, and so I kind of had to adapt a little bit, and I didn't end up with as many hoshigaki as I wanted for the project. As I was going through this process, I was trying to think about what else is important about this particular process. I was really interested in the idea of that relationship to land and the idea of trying to reconstruct space. I started to think about 
the visual language used in Japanese gardens, as well as uh, suiseki, which is the art of stone appreciation, and bonsai, which is the miniaturization of trees and plants. There's a language of display that surrounds that, and so I wanted to bring that into my work using those videos I shot gathering stones from the American River and using material like construction materials that are not necessarily high material, like they're not hardwoods, they're not anything fancy, they're just kind of very plain and basic things that people would have on hand to kind of build these structures. What I was able to do is to build a series of platforms to bring out the ephemera that I was most interested in in the collection, referencing our family's story and connection to their farm and to project the videos on top of them, almost like trying to like recreate the landscape that is up there. And much like in Japanese gardens, we were trying to like recreate mythical landscapes. I feel like this is similar in that trying to recreate this landscape past history, but at the same time, you can never recreate it, right? It only existed at that one point in time, but I think there's something really wonderful at that intersection. Can you expand on that a bit? What does it mean to be reflecting on this familial archive through your individual lens like this? You know, working with this physical material, I feel I got it from my dad. Most of it is from him. And then some of it is this documentation of, say, like the title to the farm or ledgers or, you know, shares in the farm uh, that were divvied out to different people. Something that was kind of separate from my dad and more my grandfather and my grandmother and like the Issei generation. Then there's my dad's stuff, which is more Nisei and being a kid. And so I have never seen these things up until probably five or six years ago. I've always heard about the things. Uh, my dad has always talked about it, but I really you know, didn't get to ever see them until now. And my dad is kind of getting older and is having memory issues. And so a lot of this is also going through and almost exploring him through his space of growing up. Part of this is also, my dad is 98, so also coming to terms with the idea of like getting older and just progression of life, who he was, who he is, who he will become. I feel like almost mirrors a little bit of like what is happening in the space. It's kind of like a very emotional thing and I don't know, it's hard to <laughs> process a little bit. But I think by handling it, by talking to people about it, by showing it, I also was trying to figure out, would my dad be okay with showing some of these things? Are these things that are like too personal to show? Or is it something that he would be okay with showing? You know, some of the material, would, it would be the Facebook page of the day, right? So would you be... <laughs> All of a sudden, like, oh, someone's going to put that on, on display. And so <laughs> sometimes I have to, I'm trying to like figure out where, where that line is. <laughs> I want to return to what you mentioned earlier about traditional Japanese cultural forms like bonsai or hoshigaki. What was it about those approaches that felt important to use as a lens to interpret your research in this project? Growing up, I was always 
involved in, you know, in the Japanese American community in San Francisco. It was always prevalent in my life. So we always were like participating in these different cultural events. Let's say like at the Cherry Blossom Festival, they always had like bonsai display or suiseki displays. I was really drawn to the hoshigaki because my dad, we'd always get it in the fall and it was always like a treat. We would always get a package and it was always expensive because it takes forever <laughs> to make. And so we would always get it and we'd be like, this is expensive. So they're just like a treat. And so they really remind me of my time with him and they remind him of his time on the farm, right? Talking with my cousins and everybody still makes it, especially out in Rockland and Loomis because they have trees that are producing those things. And so for me, it ties back again, that kind of generational thing. For a couple of years now, I've been thinking about how I want to do something that I can engage with Rockland and Loomis and kind of stories and histories and space up there. And so I felt like Hoshigaki was my connection to that. And so when I, I reconnected with some of my cousins, I asked if they could show me how to make Hoshigaki. And so from there, I was like, oh, now I can make like a hundred of these. <laughs> now I have them to give out to other people and, you know, being able to connect other people to that history, that space, that process. And then I was thinking about the structures that people build to dry them, to make them. Oftentimes they're just, you know, purpose built. They're made out of whatever, two by four and some sawhorses or something. And so for me, that's another reason why I was drawn to the materials that the piece is made out of and not necessarily making them super precious. I'm struck by the different scales of time that you've been referencing in the work. The time it takes to dry the hoshigaki, the length of the agricultural cycle, the generations of your family in this place. Can you expand on how you hope people encounter this in the installation? I'm interested in people engaging on those multiple different timescales, thinking about crops, thinking about human timescale, thinking about geologic timescale. It's related all to thinking about our place within the landscape, thinking about what we're doing now, what we will do, and what has been done, and and how all of that changes our surroundings, uh, how it changes our relationships to our surroundings, and how you know our surroundings, like say on a, like a geologic time scale, change us or the remnants that we will leave behind. So say like on the Hoshigaki time scale, right? It's very much tactile and it's very much happening as you do it, right? We're touching it, we're manipulating it, but that's very much like on our personal time scale, and you can kind of watch it happen over a long longer period of time but again it's relatively short scaling out to the farm and to like seasonal changes and how trees are changing and particularly you know in this case climate change is changing a lot so like you know the trees are flowering at different times and flowering maybe at an incorrect time because of the weather swings and so all of a sudden you may lose all your fruit or things may not be producing the way they should be or as we bring plants and soil from other places, pests and other things come and damage crops and thinking about how these are all interconnected through human as a, as a carrier, right? And then in the end, we think about all of these things being damaging and destructive. But if we think on like the geologic timescale, 
we are on this very narrow timeline right now. And so these changes that happen, how do they affect our environment as a whole, our world as a whole, right? And on the time scale, is it, does it matter? I mean, it matters if we want to be here, <laughs> but in the long term, will the planet regenerate and recycle itself and come out in a new way? Uh, and I don't know, and I don't think anybody can really say. I'm interested in this little part of it that then kind of expands to this like larger thing. And I'm hoping that as people engage with the installation, it's meant to create this almost contemplative calm environment but at the same time it'll turn off so as you're watching you know it'll pull you out of the experience as well as the very obvious nature that it is constructed right and it's and i feel like that's kind of like a, a japanese garden right where it, it feels very calming it feels very natural but at the same time it's very constructed and highly managed that dichotomy i'm drawn to it Thank you for joining us this episode. Please tune in each week as we feature each of the exhibiting artists in reflecting on Yutasawa and the Garden of Remembrance. And please visit the Fine Arts Gallery to see Mark's installation and the work of all of the artists. The exhibition will be up from February 24th to April 6th. Gallery hours are Tuesday through Friday, 12 noon to 4 p.m. with special hours on Saturdays during public programs. Thank you to Matthew Love, for composing and performing the music you're hearing especially for this series. Special thanks to Sharon Bliss and Kevin Chen, co-curators of the exhibition. The exhibition is supported by National Endowment for the Arts, the Henry and Tomoe Takahashi Charitable Foundation, the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, and San Francisco State University's Instructionally Related Student Activities Fund.